Working in the service industry in Las Vegas means that you can meet people from all walks of life, including mobsters. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're sharing an episode from the Review Journal's Mobbed Up podcast, hosted by the late journalist Jeff Gehrman. This is an insider interview with a Golden Steer waiter, Venko Nikolov, who got to know the other side of a major mob hitman turned informant. Enjoy. Can't get enough of the intrigue, drama, and excitement behind the history of Las Vegas? Live it by dining at the Golden Steer Steakhouse, the oldest steakhouse in Las Vegas and an old haunt of Tony Spilatro's. The Golden Steer has been serving up famous and infamous customers since 1958. From mobsters to the Rat Pack, Muhammad Ali to Holly Madison. Enjoy this classic experience in person or try their world-famous best steaks on earth in the comfort of your own home by ordering today at GoldenSteerLasVegas.com. This is Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal and host of Season 2 for Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. The star of Season 1 was Frank Collada, the childhood pal of Anthony Spilatro, the Chicago mob's overseer in Las Vegas in the 1970s and 1980s. That's the star is where the skim money come out of. First thing out of his mouth is he goes, listen, Frankie, I'm not sure yet. I need, I, in two weeks, I'll know for sure. But right now, I want to know, are you up to whacking the Jew? I know what that means. That means killing lefty. You'll bring him to the desert. You're going to know where the hole has been dug. Collada, a hitman and enforcer for Spalacho, turned government witness and testified against the feared Chicago mobster. Collada died just a few weeks after season one concluded. With me today is Venko Nikolov, a longtime waiter at the Golden Steer Steakhouse, an iconic Las Vegas restaurant founded in 1958. The restaurant has been a favorite over the years of a long list of celebrities and notorious underworld figures, including Spilatro and Collada. Venko served many of them and became especially close to Collada. Venko, what were your thoughts after you heard Kalata had died last year? Oh my, I was actually very sad. We was uh, not so good friends, but I just miss him. Just miss his story, his uh, uh, energy. And uh, he was very friendly. Only man, many times he mentioned I was in the wrong side uh, in the law. And otherwise, I'm a good person. And I believe this, you know. And I have the last pictures actually in my phone, uh, actually from the TV and be sent the ex-mobster died today. And uh, that was the last one person from uh, uh, Chicago outfit. How many times did he come in? Was he pretty frequent? Uh, yes. Uh, I know him personally for over 25 years. And uh, he was every few months, uh, I should say, every two, three months. Uh, lately, he was coming off very often. Uh, the reason why he was uh, running some kind of, uh, uh, he was driving with chauffeur and uh, kind of tour, running some tour for the tourists. And most likely, this old people coming like three, four men or some mostly men. They come in for dinner. They finish the tour with the Golden Steer. Uh, what was his favorite meal? What did he like to eat? Was his favorite was uh, a veal picada. But uh, I just 
we just talk and I say, why you don't try chicken picada? It should be a little bit more lighter for you. He said, that's a good idea. I never t- talk about it because I'm Italian and I want a spaghetti, but we don't have spaghetti. We have tossed ravioli. So he said, that's a good idea. And that was, that's, he switched us. So yeah. he wasn't a steak eater? No. Uh, one time he was tried the petite filet mignon. No, he was not a steak. Italian, probably not. They, they grow up in a different way. Do you have a favorite memory of Kalana? Um, we have, uh, actually, we, we talk about a little, shortly, a little bit in the, in the steer, but one time I said, I want to see you, but I don't want to hang in different place. He said, I'm mostly, uh, I, I start my, uh, uh tour from, uh, um, map museum sometime. And if you want to come and see me, uh, we can talk. So I was there one day. A while ago, I don't remember exactly, and that was an, actually in Speakeasy under the, the uh, you know, actually it's a map museum, some place which called Speakeasy. And we was talking how he, why his memory for Golden Steer was so strong, because first time Tony Spolaccio called him from Chicago to come to help him and to be, to, to be his, uh, uh, right hand in, in Vegas. Basically, he, they, they met in the Golden Steer. That was the first time. Drove to Vegas and met Tony. I, went, I met him at the Gold Rush, which was on Sahara by the Golden Steer. The reason I said, why exactly Golden Steer? Uh, because there was no surveillance and basically Spolaccio uh, was very comfortable in Golden Steer. Now you never met Spalacho, correct? You start you started after. Yeah, I start after I arrived in Vegas very late. Actually, Spalacho was gone. And uh, this is the second time he said we met again with Spalacho and Golden Steer. We decide actually Spalacho called me and said we gotta uh, eliminate it, which me you gotta kill Jerry Lisner. This is the some uh, small hoodlum, small gangster who actually wanna test was ready to testify about Colada and uh, uh, Spolaccio, and that's what's happened. They decide to uh, be eliminated, this gentleman, and uh, they did this. Actually, yeah, actually, uh, he did this. Yeah, Frank. Collada. So Colada talked about that with you. Yeah, he yeah he he said. I, I have to do this because if if I don't do, they're gonna kill me. It's it's, it's kind of like my boss said this, Tony Spolaccio, and I have to do this. It was Tony. He told me I got to do it. You know what that means, don't you, Frankie? And I said, Yep. He said, You got to kill him. He said, Or else he's gonna put us both in jail. The feds don't know if he's lying or not. So when I uh, was ordered to kill him, it took about two or three weeks before we could line it up. You know, and. Uh, I emptied it out in his head, and then he finally died. Tony asked me, why'd you throw him in, the, in, the, in his pool? And I said, DNA, Tony. I said, remember, I didn't have any gloves on. I says, you know, it's all over, all over me. I says, uh, I wanted to make sure when I got out of here, we, we didn't have no blood on us. What were, you, what were you thinking when he told you something like that? Wow, that, that was a little bit scary. But obviously, this is uh, them rules. And uh, I read about uh, maps a lot. And uh, 
uh, they kind of unique, different people, scary people, but uh, uh, they they follow their own rules, you know, which is probably different rules as our rules, but they, that's what they're different. Uh, I just want to mention before, uh, the third time actually happened, uh, I, he, uh, Frank Colada introduced his, fa- his family from Chicago. And I have pictures with them and uh, Frank Colada, which was very interesting. You know, his brother and uh, a wife of the brother and the whole family. Né? They, they, all, they all came in together, you mean? Yeah, they, they hang together. They come from Chicago to see Frank. That was uh, a few months probably before the pictures is very fresh. A few months before actually start this epidemic and um, uh, I have pictures with them. How would you describe him again as a person from your, your experiences with him? I know you talked about that a little bit earlier, but... Yeah, he was a very quiet person, but he said, I have a lot of things on my plate. I have a lot of things on my plate. No and, pun intended, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, so he told me about the pizzeria. He opened the pizzeria in 19, around 1980, 85. I don't remember exactly what year. And one day he said, in the front end pizzeria come yellow Rolls Royce. And I was looking, that's strange. So from the, from the Rolls Royce come out Len Newton. And uh, actually he asked him, hey, uh, can I come here with a group of people? He said, no, you cannot go come with so many people because this pizzeria is only for 20, 20 people. Okay. Since this, Frank said, Every week, when Newton come with it. really, yeah, for how how long? For four years, it's crazy, né? Yeah. So he with uh, with his uh, yellow Rolls Royce, and he asked him, "How you know about my pizzeria?" He said, "My wife, obviously, he was married. Uh, she was she was having lunch pretty much two three times a week before she told husband." You got to go there to see the Frank. The restaurant's uh, name was the Upper Crust, correct? Yeah. So uh, what happened is uh, uh, next to the restaurant was some kind of uh, kind of lounge or some something like a, a small bar. And uh, he told me that was kind of very good. We already uh, look at the tour, the story, because... We like uh, gangster. We was not able to receive a liquor dry a liquor license, and uh, basically uh, next to us was some lady. She owned the uh, uh, the club with a small like afternoon drinks club or something like this, uh, with a liquor license. And we did hole. That's what we start hole in the wall. Actually, we did hole. And uh, between the, the, the two, uh, uh, between the rooms, and uh, we can deliver the, the drinks to our restaurant. That's how it starts. Well, thank you for joining us, Venko. This has been Jeff Gehrman for Mobbed Up Season 2, The Fight for Las Vegas. Can't get enough of the intrigue, drama, and excitement behind the history of Las Vegas? 
live it by dining at the Golden Stair Steakhouse, the oldest steakhouse in Las Vegas in an old haunt of Tony Spilatro's. The Golden Stair has been serving up famous and infamous customers since 1958, from mobsters to the Rat Pack, Muhammad Ali to Holly Madison. Enjoy this classic experience in person or try their world-famous best steaks on earth in the comfort of your own home by ordering today at goldenstairlasvegas.com.